podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Hello to September and the county championship Not long to go now for county cricket natters Only three weeks left I'm joined this week by Harry Everett Hello Harry, how are you? Morning, yeah, cracking round of county championship cricket. Still buzzing now from it. What a week we've had. It was a superb week. There's no Annie. She's sunning herself in warmer climes and there's no Sam. So Harry and I will take you through the round of county championship cricket. And let's start off with Division 1. Yeah, where to start Division 1? Well, potentially the best match, the most exciting match, the dramatic match. Warwickshire North Ants. Arguably another one was pretty dramatic too, but... Warwickshire, they did forfeit two innings. Wow, they declared one. They declared in two, which is a bit dodgy, which annoys me a little bit. Michael Burgess did open the bowling. But Michael Burgess actually does have Rob Keogh as his only first-class wicket. So how funny would that have been if he'd got Rob Keogh twice? The wicketkeeper having a bit of a bowl. Hit. Michael Burgess himself actually was the top scorer in the fourth innings. He got 78 not out on a dramatic final day when Warwickshire won by two wickets. Early in the match, there wasn't that... Wasn't that many runs scored? Paranaya um, for North Ants. He was the guy who played with Pete Trigo in club cricket in the Weppel. Him and Emilio Gay both scored 70s. But there were seven wickets for Ollie Hannon Dolby. Phenomenal effort from him. 10 maidens, 26.4 overs, 7 for 46. He was a standout. Then Warwickshire got 147 for four declared. That was affected by rain, an early declaration, of course. They missed a day three and two. It was both affected by rain. And then North Ant scored 72 for none against the bowling from Purchase, Yates and Mousley, which was mildly entertaining watching. And then, yeah, the, the standout was Michael Burgett because Ben Sanson got a hat-trick. Five for 42. I was watching this from Western Storm on Wednesday. Uh, r- ridiculous drama. Yates, Brathwaite, Rhodes, Hayne, Mousley all went early. None of them scored 10. Ed Barnard got 41. And then Burgess... 78 with Danny Briggs getting 24. Eventually, it was Ollie Hannon Dolby with nine not out getting them over the line. But they set up a chase. The captains had a chat, and Luke Proctor's Northants nearly got themselves above the relegation zone and would have been a big, big win for them. But Warwickshire did scrape over the line by two wickets. Got to say, um, are you a fan of contrived games? Probably not. I mean, I've got to be, I'm on stony ground here. You're a Somerset man. I'm a Middlesex man. You probably still got nightmares from the 2016 final round of county championship games. But are you a fan of that? Or I mean, I think there's there's two different types of contrived games, isn't there? It's sort of like saying, yeah, we're going to set you a total. And then there's bowling, absolute sort of buffet bowling, isn't there? You know, so much so that it's almost on a smorgasbord. It's that buffet, you know. Um, are, are you a fan of it, Harry? You've hit a nail on the head. I'm not a fan of it, but in this situation, 
Warwickshire had not a lot to play for. It was rain affected. If it's not rain affected, then there should be no need for it. They should just crack on with the game. But in this situation, I wasn't as against it as I would normally be. I mean, it's a bit of a joke when Craig Mars was keeping wicket and Michael Burgess is bowling. But it did make a very good game in the end. I mean, there was that partnership from Ollie Handelby and Michael Burgess was, was good cricket in the end. The fourth innings was quality cricket. And, and to give Ben Sarnson the chance to get the first hat-trick for North Hans is Andrew Hall in 2010. The first edge batsman since Gareth Batty in 2019. I I really enjoyed the, the final knockings of this match, but yeah, I don't really like like these declarations. I'm still fuming. Was it? Um, it was Franklin, wasn't it, for Middlesex? It was just absolutely whacking those dolly drops at Lords. That game you talked about that still gives me scars. But yeah, this is was slightly better, dare I say? He was. I think John Simpson got out to the bowling of Alex Lee's though that day. Yes. So he he's still Alex not happy Lee. about. Um. I think North Ants are now down, aren't they? I think they had to win that game because yes. I think they saw what was happening elsewhere in the country and they they had to win that game. So I can see why they did it. Um, Andrew Hall, I want to come on to him briefly because apparently Jack Brooks told me he was the worst dressed man in cricket. The standard sort of polo shirt, which was like the club gear would be worn on night nights out. So he'd wear his club gear out on nights out, along with some ASICs training. I think I think Jack Brooks described it as the standard South African fashion <laughs> look. Finally, uh, Darnison and Hannon Dalby, two war horses, been around the yeah. block, two guys who put their all in every year. They're hardly ever injured as well. I mean, what a testament to their fitness in a way. Yeah, superb. I mean, with Shropshire, wasn't he? I think come through and the minor county circuit. Ben Sanson is one of those guys that you can look quality. They're both Yorkshire lads. They're both Yorkshire lads. Hannon Dolby. Hannon Dolby's from Halifax, although he's the, poshest, yes. he's the poshest sounding bloke from Halifax ever, no doubt. And Sanderson, yes. I think Sanderson's from Sheffield. He's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I know that. So, uh, but um, yeah, they're both Yorkshire lads. Yeah. No, I played. Played a bit of cricket in the in the Halifax League. Got some mates up there. I went and visited the other day. And you, yeah, you're dead right, Hannon Dolby. But but he, he's cut from that northern cloth. He just keep coming in, keep coming in. And I was really impressed with Hannon Dolby in the one day cup. Cleaned up, and you know the one day cup was predominantly young lads. But I like seeing the old guys just showing that they've still got it. And Sanderson, that hat trick really got the game alive. I mean, Northlands really could have won this game. Michael Burgess yeah. was dropped with eight to win. They only won by two wickets. If that catch, Jack White running back, he should have taken that catch, really. He got hands to it. If he takes that catch, I think North Hans could have won. And then they still need a bit, of, you know, they still need to do well in the, the final knock of the season. But what an escape that could have been. Like West Bromwich Albion, it could have been a few years ago. It'd have been the best comeback since Lazarus, I tell you. So, uh, anyway, where are we off to next? Where's next on our journey well, around the UK? There was a thrilling game between Kent and Knotts, which did end in a draw, but. Wow, Zach Crawley, 158 of 153 balls. Now, I was reading an article this morning, which is controversial. Zach Crawley is captain of the Ireland series, the three matches at the end of September. And the ECB said they didn't want to affect the county championship. I read an article saying Sam Billings was allowed to play for Kent, but he's not even been picked in this, this match last week. But Zach Crawley is not going to be playing. He scored 158. And they got, Kent are going to miss him massively. So I don't quite understand how the ECB can get away with not affecting the county championship. But anyway, him and Bell Drummond, pretty much everyone got runs, let's be honest with you. The lowest score in the top six was, was, was 12, 16. Everyone got runs. Massive score from Kent, 446 all out. 
Um, great effort. No one really got big wickets. Not struggled a little bit. Mullaney, 86. Joe Clark dug in. Joe Clark was probably the knots man in the match in both innings with the bat, but he had a lot of support from Brett Hutton in the following on second innings. Clark got 1-4-1 in the second innings. Brett Hutton got a career best, 84. Um, 141 not out of 277 balls, Joe Clark. Um, in the end, Kent were going for the chase at the start. Mayay came up to open headed Compton. He whacked 28 off 27, but no one else got double figures until Joey Everson got 13 not out when they shut up shot. Compton came in down the order, middle order, seven off 57 balls. They had to bet out for the close in the end because Asita Fernando, the Sri Lankan overseas, got three for 40. So it could have been a good chase for Kent and that would have really helped Kent get out of the relegation zone, get above Middlesex. But in the end, they had to bat down hatches and surely got that draw. Yeah, are Kent relegated? Are they on their way down, do you think? Or is there still plenty to play for? No, I think there's plenty to play for between Kent and Middlesex. 93 points plays 95 points. Not not so safe with 122 and 7th, but Knott's looked pretty poor in this game, for being honest. Joe Clark aside and Brett Hutton looked pretty poor. Yeah, I'm sure they're, they're waiting for their influx of players coming in from Worcestershire or wherever wherever they're coming in from. Joey Everson's ex Knott's and went to Kent, didn't he? He's someone who I like to keep my eye on. I think he's possibly futuring the material. Yeah, it's done all right in the one-day cup and the T20 blast has been in and out. Him and Montgomery, I think of them as a, the sort of knots middle order youngsters doing all right, do, do a bit with bat, do a bit with ball. Yeah, I mean, didn't do great in this match, but it's interesting to see, you don't normally think of Canterbury being a spinning deck, but you look at the Kent spinners, Chahal, three for 63, Najar, four for 67. And then in the second innings, not second innings, Chahal got another two for Najar, of course, the lad from Essex, Chahal's the leggy from the IPL. But, you know, slight, you know, Michael Hogan's still got five for 63. Another old timer. We talk about Hannandor, we talk about Sarnison. I mean, how good is it to see Michael Hogan still getting wickets? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, I mean, he's in his 40s now. He was playing club cricket in North London, I think, earlier this year. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's just a, he's a warrior, isn't he? An absolute warrior. Anyway, where are we off to next? Take us around the country, Harry. Yeah, probably the least exciting. I've done the two exciting ones first. Lancashire, Middlesex. Of course, being up north, Old Trafford, there was a bit of rain. Um, but there was one special knock in there. But we'll, we'll go first with Middlesex. Sam Robson, probably their best reliable bat. Mark Jones been a little bit disappointing. But Sam Robson, his opening partner, got 86 off 235 balls. He dug in when no one really else supported him. Higgins is probably the, the best player in the Middlesex side, I would say. Reliable. He's always in my fancy cricket team. He got 41. That was about it. As Middlesex, 194 all out. No batting points for them. Luke Wood, three for. Bailey, three for. And Will Williams, of course. Another two wickets. In reply, Wells and Jennings, they had a pretty decent opening partnership. They were 80 for one. Wells went on to get 97 before he fell to the Indian off-spinner. Test spinner, giant Yadav, caught Simpson for 97. But Dane Vilas, in what he's since announced has been, will be his last knock, his final knock for Lancashire. What an end for him. He was disappointing in the South African T20 League at the start of the year, then came into the English season. Disappointing form, not done a lot all season. But what a way to end it. 124 he got. And George Bell, the man who allowed Casey Aldridge to get his first first-class 100. George Bell bowled some filthy, filthy pies, actually, um, when Somerset played at Old Trafford. And he did actually get another bowl, um, George Bell. He's bowled a couple of times. He is a wicketkeeper by trade. Um, but he got a big runs. Fair play to him. I've just put my fancy team to last round now because he got 91. 
And her 413 all-out ranks she managed in their first innings. Giant Yadav the Ospin are getting five for 131, one of those expensive fivers. Um, Middlesex in their second innings got to 160 for three. Was Davies, young lad, 65 not out. He was batting number four and the match was drawn. Yeah, Middlesex have had a bad week as well. They've been sanctioned by the ECB. Mm. Um, there's stuff going on there. They're going to be monitored very closely in the future. Um, Durham fans not happy. They think that, you know, that there hasn't sort of been fairness perhaps with what's happened with Middlesex and what's happened with Durham a few years back. I think they're two different scenarios possibly. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know enough about what's happened at Middlesex, but I do know that the current administration have been very forthcoming with the ECB and have been very open and very honest in their dealings with them. So I think that's gone in their favour massively. But um, tough times at Middlesex. Sam Robson, 201 first-class games under his belt now. I should have given him a mention last week, but what a player. Uh, top, top man as well, Sam. Really great bloke. And uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys. He's one of those that open. I could... I feel like it's a trivia, it's a sporkle, isn't it? Name all the openers between Alistair Cook and, well, Hasi Pamid or Rory Burns, wherever you want to stop this and go to the current day. He was one of them with Nick Compton. He did all right. Mark Stone and Adam Lyde. And I've always liked the guy and I think he, he's a dependable performer. Interesting that he's opening with another of those guys, Mark Stoneman. And Robson, as I said earlier, has been a class above Stoneman this season. So fair play to Sam Robson. And I love yeah. the way he wears an arm guard. Not enough people wearing an arm guard to bat. <laughs> yeah, Sam Sam is just a solid player. I think he's been very, very unlucky, harshly treated by England. I mean, he got 100. I think he played seven games and he got 100 against Sri Lanka um, up at Headingley during that time and, and sort of didn't really, uh, didn't really feature too much after that. I think he played two more tests after that against India and was discarded. So Sam has been very, very unlucky. But... What a servant he's been for Middlesex. And as I said, he is a top, top man. Yep. Well, should we drop into Division 2? There was Ooh. a cracker in Division 2, wasn't there? With Leicestershire and Sussex. What a game that was. So, this was an absolute cracker, as you say. How many records could they have broken? I think it would have been, yeah, it would have been the third highest run chase in county championship history. How phenomenal would that have been? Leicestershire, 392 for seven at Headingley in May. You might remember that. Yep. Year, don't win many games the last few years. What a game that was. 394 for seven at Grace Road in 1947. And this would have been third in that list. It wasn't quite, but I'll tell the tale. Sussex, first innings, 262 all out. Nothing really to shout about. Uh, Mr. Salisbury, Matt Salisbury got five for five for 73. Leicestershire's first innings in reply. Again, not a lot to shout about. 108 all out. This is what I love about the county championship. Two, two and a half, three average-ish days. Nothing much happening. Just bubbling along like my stewed apple on the hobbit over there. Bit of winter cooking I do. Just picking in my mum's garden. Nothing's happening really. You wait till the second innings. This is where it all kicks off. 344 for nine declared. Sussex second innings. No one got 100. No one scored 70. Clark 69. Cole 63. Everyone got double figures. Everyone. Which is, you know, pretty rare. Um, four for Scriven. Scriven is is a guy I'm a big fan of. His first-class best with the ball. And I'm about to tell you about his first-class best with the bat. In the same game, he was one of the standouts of the one-day cut. I'm a big fan of Scriven. He, um, Tom Scriven bat, bats about eight. And 
wow, you didn't think he was going to have to bat in this game. But after his first class best with the ball, he was needed. So a big chase for Leicester in this final innings. This is where it got really, really exciting. Massive chase for Crowd. And then, of course, Colin Ackerman, 136 he got. He was bowled by Carson, the offspinner, in the end. But he was helped by 94 from Amin, batting five. Pakistani. Cox, Ben Cox, is on loan from Worcestershire. One of the weirdest loans. I don't understand this at all. Gareth Roderick has been keeping wicket. But Ben Cox, for me, is the best gloveman in the country, only behind Ben Folks. The second best gloveman in the country, and has been for years. Quality, quality keeper. I've got a pair of his gloves. He chucked over the balcony at Somerset to me years ago. He got 58, and Sussex could have jumped ahead of Worcestershire, his parent club, in promotion to Division 1. Anyway, he got 58 and Scriven then got 78. He was another guy to fall to a Nadcat. If you look at the scorecard, the Nadcat got an early break through Budinka. Then he got five in a row, ripped out the mid and lower order. But Leicestershire got to 483 in the fourth innings of a match. How ridiculous is that? They only lost by 15 runs. What an effort from Leicestershire. Phenomenal, phenomenal. You look at the scorecard, the middle order, 136 Ackerman, 94 Amin, 29 Ahmed, 58 Cox, 78 Scriven, and even Chris Wright, who's moving on to pastures new, 21. What a game, Dan. And where's, where's Chris Wright going? Well, that's, yeah, exactly. Going to the guys he's played against. And and who did that damage where Ben Cox has come? Or who was going to yeah. be, if Leicester should won that game, he would have put the cat amongst the pigeons at Worcestershire, where Ben Cox has come from. So it was, it was exactly. a story All these weird signings. I yeah. thought, um, I mean, firstly, on the wicket-keeping front, I'd, I'd put John Simpson in there as well with Ben Cox and uh, and uh, Ben Folks, definitely. I think, I personally think Simpson's the best wicket-keeper in the country. I think he's better than Folks, but, you know, it's all, Bias. Conjecture. Bias. It's all conjecture, yeah. Um, I saw the umpires getting involved. I have one eye on this game because we had it on our YouTube whilst I was working on mm-hmm. on uh, Gloucestershire versus Derbyshire. And it was reaching a sort of dramatic finale. And I saw the umpires getting involved. It looked a little bit heated there in the second innings. Yeah, Ben Debs, the guy I've, I think he's umpired me in club cricket. And um, Ben Debs, he's an umpire all over the circuit. It's, I mean, it's going to get heated. But if you're Sussex and you nearly nearly lose the game when the team are chasing 490, you know, understand the tensions are running high. And this is big promotion. Leicestershire, as I keep saying, they don't win many games of county cricket in my lifetime. They're doing so well in both the One Day Cup and in the Championship, really, this year. In fact, the Sussex and Leicestershire are both knocking around. Sussex are now third after this game, Leicestershire fourth. But as I say, Worcestershire, Ben Cox's Worcestershire aren't guaranteed second yet. So it's going to be a, a good finale to the Division 2 season. Yeah, Leicestershire have got a final this weekend as well against Hampshire in the Metro mm. Bank One Day Cup, and we wish them all the best. So uh, you know, good luck, good luck both sides in that final. Right, where are we off to next? Um, we'll save you a lot till last, I reckon. We'll go Glamorgan versus Yorkshire. This game is it like, match, a is it like match of the day, Harry? Where it's the sort of two winless yeah. sides end up shunted to the back of the program. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah, a high-scoring game at Sapphire Gardens. I was there on Friday, the hottest day I can ever remember watching cricket in September. I was at Durham. I ticked off Durham. I've done 15 of the 18 county grounds now. And Durham was freezing in August. I had all my woolly hats, jumpers, the works, freezing. Then you get to Glamorgan, absolutely baking. Well, still pretty nice weather for the Glamorgan-Yorkshire game, just a couple of days after the New Zealand ODI. And Shah Massoud, Yorkshireman, batting number three. He was at Derbyshire, remember? He scored 192. Decent knock that. Can't argue that at the crease for a long time. Faced 256 balls. 
He was helped by 93 from Finn Bean and Adam Live got 49. So the top three really doing their work. They were 240 for three after 53 overs. So 500 all out is a pretty mammoth effort from the Yorkshire batters. Morgan responded decently enough. You, well, 273 all out is not too bad. You know, they, they weren't batted. 64 from Carlson. 47 from Gorvin. Now, Gorvin is a guy I really like. Bay Welsh, minor county stuff, bowls medium pace. I commentated on him in the One Day Cup last year when he needed a six off the last ball against Somerset to win the game. And he hit a four, one bounce just below us in the commentary box. And I'll always remember that. Well, him and Dalthwaite did quite well down the order with a bat. Um, Matt Revis getting five for 50. The Morgan were asked to bat again. And Eddie Byram, big fan of this guy as well, another former Somerset man, he got 101 over the batting. And his old teammate, Don Best, bowled him. He, I think he was trying to reverse sweep, if I remember rightly. So, fair enough. Sam Northeast, 166 not out. I think that's his highest score since his Mammoth 400. Um, Kieran Carson got to 52. He's passed 1,000 runs for the season. And 401 for five declared was the Glamorgan finishing when hands were shaken. Yeah, Andy Gorvin. He's a Pompey boy, isn't he? He's from Portsmouth. We We described him early in this year as having the name of like a sort of a, a centre midfielder who plays for Stenhouse Muir. So uh, you can imagine Andy Gorvin. Um, yes. But uh, he's a good player. He's, he's a, it'd be unkind to call him a bits and pieces cricketer because he's more than that. But he can do all aspects of the game pretty well. He's a decent fielder as well. So I think he's uh, come from Cardiff MCCU. Big news at Glamorgan is Matthew Maynard is stepping down at the end of the season. That is a blow, isn't it? Yeah, that news was being announced. As I was there Friday, I sat at the back of the press box on Friday with the Glamorgan media team and they were a little bit surprised. I mean, Gordon Hollins, the the Somerset chief exec, has gone in the same week. So so that was a pack, the two of them talking together. But yeah, he's a guy who's formerly at Somerset, of course, as well. I don't know. Glamorgan's a funny county. I I love them to bits. I love the story with Billy Root, you know, fitting in and playing his local football and darts up the road. I love that Manus Lavachain comes back every year. I love them all. And they seem to be doing quite well in recent years. And, you know, they're pushing up to fifth in the table. They'll take that. They're a long way above Derbyshire in sixth. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not going to pretend to. Um, but I don't want it to affect them next year because they, they've had a decent year, I think. Yeah, good fans of Glamorgan. They came in their droves over to the Cheltenham Festival this year. They absolutely uh-huh. just, you know, it must have been just an exodus coming over to Seven Bridge. But, uh, you know, they, I think they all had a good time and I think they, they certainly put a few quid behind the bars at Cheltenham, without a doubt. Yorkshire bouncing back. Sean Massoud, um, he's, you know, quality. He hasn't had as good a season as he did last year at Derbyshire, has he? But he's still been you know, very good. I mean, he's got the ability to go big. Once he gets in, he goes big, doesn't he, Sean Massoud? Yeah, and that's a testament to a good player when you're in, you go big and fair play to him. One thing I didn't mention, which does make me chuckle when you look at the scorecard, is Yorkshire used 10 bowlers. I don't think Sean Massoud bowled. I think Sean Massoud was the only bowler not to bowl. Um, right. Which, I don't know, maybe because he's captain, he thought he'd give everyone a go. Finn Bean bowled one over for four. Wharton bowled. Hilda Tattersall bowled four overs. He's the keeper. So little things like that make me laugh. End of the yeah. season feel to it. Yeah, very much so. Right, where are we off to next? Well, we better go to Gloucestershire, haven't we? Now, personally, I was buzzing for this game. 
good mate of mine, Ed Middleton, made his first class debut and did pretty well on debut. A leg spinner, he was a little bit quicker than me, a little bit taller than me. I played against him for extra in the Devon League and he's been playing for Taunton Dean this year and had a few injuries. Really felt for him because this was his breakthrough year, got given his contract. And with Zafa Gahar, they thought, oh, he's not really going to go as a spinner. Ollie Price bowls a bit of spin. There's so many sort of part-time spinners, Graham Van Buren, there's all these spin options at Gloucestershire. But he got to go. Um, thought of him maybe more of a white ball cricketer, but he came in to make his debut. Um, batted eight in Gloucestershire's first innings after Ollie Price scored 132. He was the man of the one-day cup. Pretty impressive in that. Starts for all of the top six. Everyone got past 20 in the top six for Gloucestershire. Not much from the tail. They were 377 all out and six for Fadal. Now, this is a bizarre one. <laughs> Dahl Fadal was here. Won't be last year, but we'll come back to that. Anoush Dahl, um, he got six for 69 in the first innings. Then Derbyshire coming into bat. Harry Kane and went for 68. Lewis Reese, 77. Lewis Deploy. God, I, I keep mentioning fancy cricket. I'm a bit fuming this week, Dan. The, the fancy cricket, you have to have 15 in your squad. And I had a gun team, made all the right selections, but I accidentally only had 14. So even though you only play 11, for the rules, you have to have 15. So my whole team was null and void. For the last two weeks, I forgot. Oh, mate. <laughs> so oh, I'm fuming. Mate. I made all the right selections. I'd have been right at the top. But anyway, shout out to the cricket draft for that. Great work. Yeah. Zafar Gahar got 522, which is quite expensive and a 403 all out, but he got some key wickets in there. Good to see Dom Goodman, um, an ex-Uni University lad, also played against. He opened the bowling with Josh Shaw. He got two for 80. He's had a few injury concerns, but he, he's a talent. He can bat as well. I remember him making James Hilder look silly couple of years ago when he was really young and James Hildreth, not quite in his prime, but you know, it wasn't quite the, the end of his career. Um, Gloucestershire second innings looks like they're going to be in a bit of squeaky bum time, a little bit of trouble. And my mate Ed Middleton came to the rescue, 39 not out of 91 balls. He dug in and Graham Van Buren finished too shy of a much-deserved 50, really. Um, those who could have both got 50s if they hadn't shaken hands so quickly. But a fourther from Thompson, ripping out Bracey, Price, Hammond and Zafagahar. And yeah, there was a chance that the Derbyshire could have won that game. Um, but fair play to those lads digging out for a draw. Yeah, I had a good chat with uh, Ed Middleton's mum, actually. And I met his sister, who goes by the name of Kate Middleton. So, uh, <laughs> uh, very nice lady she is as well. Um, no, Ed Middleton is a, a really good lad. And, uh, you know, I'm chuffed to see him get his chance. Ollie Price, I think, has to go on the Lions tour. Without mm-hmm. a shadow of a doubt, I think he has been absolutely superb. I think he scored something like 1,200 runs this season in all competitions now as well. And I think he's just had a wonderful, wonderful year. I know Somerset fans won't like this, but I've given him my vote as young player of the whole year in the Cricket Writers Club. I think James Rue's got a chance there as well. He might have a, he might get the nod, but I'm going to go for Ollie Price because I just think he's had a fantastic season. A couple of things from that game. Uh, Dominic Goodman got a first and final warning for bowling persistently short. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't think of a less likely candidate to be in front of the match referee. I mean, it's like... Yeah. like like nicking the Dalai Lama for breach of the peace, you know. I mean, he's not. He's also that. not quick enough to really worry people at that level. You mean when I 
Flaming Club University trials and club cricket, he was sharp enough. But a pro professional first-class cricket, yeah, you're right. Nice lad, quiet, shy, humble lad, and he doesn't bowl rapid. So yeah, he gets bounced. He does get bounced because he's six foot yeah. seven or whatever he is. But uh, yeah, I can't think of a least likely candidate to be in front of the match ref. And Zafika Har bowled a no ball for having three behind square on the leg side. Yes, and I see that. I mean. Is that still going on in like professional sport? I mean, if it happens at club cricket, it's village, isn't it? It's park cricket. Um, but uh, yeah, it got put across. Well, you're like this as the umpire, you are. I am at a club game the other day, and the umpire told us off having two men on the leg side. I said, That's not rule. There's a rule about behind square on the leg side, but you can have as many mid wickets and mid ons as you like, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are regulations. I know in the cricket, with- I'm sure you can just have. Yeah. yeah, the rule is just about behind square legs, sir. There are regulations to do with, um, you know, certain competitions, perhaps. You know, so like having certain men outside the ring or whatever, the inner ring in the power play or whatever. But yeah, no, it's um, you can have as many as you want on the leg side. You can have a uh, a nine naught field if you want. So um, the game finished in a yeah, draw. Yeah, you have a slip called it mid wicket, can you? Yeah. Game finishing yeah. a draw and both sides still without a win this season. Derbyshire, I thought, were good. I thought uh, Alan Dahl was very good, just bowls wicket to wicket. Uh, Lewis Reese impressed me as well. I thought he's a you know decent cricketer. Sam Connors impressed me. He always impresses me, Sam Connors. I like the look of him. Um, and I thought the spinners bowl well. I thought Thompson bowl well. And I thought uh, Mark Watt, who... Uh, is an unusual cricketer, let's say. He, he makes Joe Leach look athletic, perhaps, but uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a very good bowler. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mark Watt. I love watching Scotland in the World Cups, T20 World Cup, 50 over World Cups. Sadly, they won't be there next month, but him and Greaves, wasn't it? The bowling spin in the, in the more recent tournament. I love his Kyron Pollard, you know, bowling from 24 yards, and he whacks it with a bat, but yeah, not yeah. great in the field. Um, well, you, um, I've got a mate who um, went to school with Ollie Price and talks up how good they were at school cricket together and his brother, of course, uh, Oxford School, wasn't it? Um, Mag- Magdalen College in Oxford. Both the prices went to. Something like um, that. Yeah, they're, um, they're the politest lads. I mean, Dominic Goodman is very polite, but the Price boys are extremely polite. So that rounds up Division 2, doesn't it? Congratulations to Durham as well. They've been promoted. Uh, they're not champions yet, but they're not a million miles away from it. But, yep, big congratulations to all those in the Northeast. And seven years after they were harshly treated by the ECB, you know, they're bouncing back. And hopefully it's just the, the catalyst for really good things happening in the Northeast. Yeah, I'm buzzing for them. Big fan of Durham. Sort of. Everyone's second favourite county, aren't they? 46 batting points is a miraculous effort. And you wouldn't go on, Dan. Here's a trivia question. Who do you reckon in Division 2 have the second most batting bonus points? Um, it's not Worcestershire, because I reckon they've got six. I think it's Leicestershire. No, no it's the bottom side. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I it's mean... It's funny you say that about Worcestershire. Worcestershire only have 16. And what's really strange is Division 2, I think, is a batting division. I mean, you've seen uh, the sort of 
there's two bowlers with 50 there in Rain and Matty Potts. But Potts, really, yeah. really behind that, you, the, the bowling figures haven't been great, haven't been good at all. Um, you know, I know uh, Bristol, Gloucestershire have found it very hard to bowl sides out twice. And, uh, you know, it's been, been quite difficult there. And I think it is a batting division. There's some good batters around. And Durham, Again, I mean, Alex Lees has been scoring runs for fun. Graham Clark, who's always been thought of as a white ball cricketer, has come in. He's got a couple of hundreds. Ollie Robinson's been a wonderful signing for them as well. Michael Jones has got runs. You know, Beddingham, Scott Borthwick. It's a really, really strong top six, but they're playing a good brand of attacking cricket. And what a signing Ryan Campbell has been as head coach as well. Yeah, that's so a top six that will be as good as many in County Championship Division 1, let's be honest. And yeah, massive shout out to Campbell. I'm delighted to see Durham so well. And, and yeah, you see, you can't argue with it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them in Division 1 next year. Yeah. Well, that rounds up another week of County Championship cricket here on County Cricket Natters. Harry, you've been a star. Thank you very much for talking us through it. Have you had a, uh, where are you off to this week? Where's, what's the plan for this week? Yeah, you're like this. I'm playing for Somerset Stragglers. I'm going in about half an hour. I'm playing for Somerset Stragglers against Bishop's Lydian. No, at Bishop's ah. Lydian against some Oxford touring team. And then um, Annie's on holiday still, but I'm captaining her son and husband, Fraser and Duncan, for the Erratics on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm getting some cricket in before the summer's over. Two games in three days. What the listeners won't know is that Duncan does, uh, Duncan, who's Annie's husband, does our editing and a very fine job he does as well. So you look after him. I don't want to see him going from fine leg to fine leg, batting at 11 and not bowling, Harry. All right. You look after Duncan. So, uh, yeah. All right. That concludes. We might be, we've got the best batting lineup we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might bat Duncan down the order. See, see how well he edits his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, from Harry and I, and all of us on County Cricket Natters, have a good week. We'll be back next week. See you soon. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Podcast Network.